What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Okay, ladies and other, we are here with Tina Satter. Welcome. Welcome, Thank Tina. Thank you so much. I'm very happy and to be with you. And you look like you're ready for a party. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Well, Tina and I were just talking about... You look like Cruella DeVille. I write. You skinned Dalmatian. Totally. Made up. <laughs> it's a <laughs> sleeve it, blouse. It's really, it's really good. <laughs> and it does feel almost like Dalmatian, actually, when you touch it. It's really good. It's really, it's a, it's a, it has a ruffled collar and puff sleeves. Well, people see a photo of it because this is, we'll be taking a photo posting and posting it on the gram. Um, uh, as we, screen's cracked. I, I dropped my phone. I'm sorry. I was in a faculty meeting that was so long and I walked out of it and I picked up my phone it was one of those kind of like whoa, whoa like where you feel like a, a cartoon character I mean it is one of those fierce single cracks but you know that doesn't bode well you don't Sorry. have the protector I don't so I had it and the way the queen at the iPhone store put it on it it started to peel at the edges uh, and it looked so gross and I was like I don't want this like, anymore right. and I peeled it off and then six months later dropped my phone so in that time I got to have <laughs> a really sleek and the number of times I've dropped this phone, I've dropped uh, it a lot. Before we, I just have to say, I'm sorry, Tina. No problem. All the other phones that aren't Apple phones have like these unbreakable screens. I think you could throw them at walls. You can drop them in oceans. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the Apple people are like, we're not going to do that. You know what That's else I evil. hate? The, the, um, earphone, the Apple buds, like they don't fit well in ears. You can't We all have those. different ears. We all, those, like, How hard. How can everybody you, be the do same? you use them? The app, I, I use those Apple The buds. wireless? I need, so I bought a shady pair of wireless ones <laughs> that at, like, a dime store, and they lasted I mean, those would for last a, a day. day in my hand. No, I would lose them in a second. Oh, I they only, well, literally only last I a day. I have $10 I ones. It. They're still working. The I mean, they're, they're wireless? Bad. Yeah, they have a little wire that connects them, oh, though. I've like, seen they those. look like glasses yeah. holders, like, for Grandpa. Right. Yeah, that's what I had. They didn't, oh. those didn't work either. They're like a in-ear mm-hmm. thing. Very uncomfortable. But I hate, I hate the Apple Buds and I hate you, Apple, for making your <laughs> headphones like them. And yet I love the design of your phone. And so I still have it. because it, right it, yeah, I don't know how to use anything else because no. I'm too stupid. I have, I'm really, I'm like trapped in. They was, really. They trap you. They I do trap you. For lo- I, my first smart was a Samsung and I felt actually weird, that weird nerd cool thing yeah. mm-hmm. that I hadn't gotten an Apple yet. Right. Yeah. Then I got the Apple. What year did you get the Apple? Do you remember? Yeah, like 2014 because <laughs> my then partner wow, was like, you God damn it, just out. get an Apple. You really helped Like get out. in with People who else. have a Samsung, I just assume that they know more. Well, they, they know something. tech straight dudes have that. Yeah. Just if that tells mm. us anything. <laughs> I've hooked up with a couple tech straight cool. dudes, I've got to say. And I had a good time. <laughs> Most of them are pretty, like, you know, Android. Yeah. Android-ish. Mm. Um, if you're yeah. an Android, yeah. you have an Android. But I then mean, I got the Apple. Then that broke. Something crazy happened. And I was like, it was going to be so expensive to replace it. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going back to a Samsung. And they're mm. like, there's basically no way you will lose everything. You, like every they, that's when right. I knew they really had oh, me, and right. I was like, "Fine, just I'll right. put it on a payment plan." <laughs> <laughs> Are you hiring okay. interns right. to transfer all your materials? Oh, you could have. Like, you could have. Really crazy. There's no going back. Like once there is no once you're in. Yeah. I got I got my first iPhone. I was um, dating Michael Sheriff at the time. Did you ever meet him, Reed? 
Anyhow. You sound so familiar. Um, and he was like, you have to, I don't know, if, I don't know if dating's the right word, but he was like, you need to get an iPhone. I had a little, I loved, I had like a flip phone razor type thing. Oh, I love that. And those. he was like, girl, no one has that. And this was like 2010, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 2009. No, it was 2009. I'm always the last person to get the thing. You were. I remember when you got yours and you also got it with like Virgin and it really, uh-huh. you were like, well, I don't seem to be able to call anyone. Or text anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what kind of plan do you have? And you're like, well, Virgin was only $10 a month. And I was like, that's why. <laughs> Anyways, no talk, no text. Talk. This was Tech Talk with Jack Reed and Tina. It really was. It was, it was a Tech Talk. We began with a full Tech Talk. And, well, um, your show was very technical. Your yes. show yeah. and it was is tight. There's a discussion of cell phones in it too. Yeah, of course. Of there is. Well, and I yeah. kind of like, how do you work this thing? Because yes. they don't seem to work them. So, ladies and another, if you haven't seen Is This a Room, go see it. What also an amazing title and that it was just pulled from Right. It's amazing that someone said, is this a room? Right? It was yeah. so weird. That I was like, what do you mean, is, is this a room? Totally. Right. Totally. Is this a room? Didn't Becca say it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unknown male, which is the role called for in the transcript. That's what they called oh, amazing. that voice. What are the, what are the characters? So if you haven't seen it, go see it. And also know that we're going to be talking about it. So there might be some spoilers, but there also might be some intrigues. Yeah. So what are it's, the names of the people on the... Mm. So first yes. of all, the tell premise. us what this piece is about. Sure. So in real life, on June 3rd, 2017, the FBI surprised a woman with the real name, Reality I Winner. I can't believe it. Given that at birth. confused me so much. I, I was really oh, like... because you didn't know? This is a show about this transcript by a reality winner. <laughs> right. Oh. Reality winner. No. I was like, she won a thing. I was so confused. Totally. Her name is Reality Because I remember when this story... Reality winner. I remember when the story happened and being like, this name, what's going... I was like, here we go, just stranger and stranger, Camus land. I know. I mean, I think it's even why people didn't totally pay attention to her story in a part because mm. they felt like it was a reality Mm -hmm. show Mm -hmm. Or at least that was for me at first until I came upon the transcript. But anyways... So, so on that date, the FBI surprise. So and I'll, this talk come, leads into like what's called for on stage, but in real life, 11 armed male agents ultimately show up at her house. <laughs> oh um, and she had leaked this thing that was top secret, but it was proof of Russian interference in our election. Lots of hilarious things to say about that. But... Um, and they had caught her. She leaked it a couple weeks before and they come to her house Where to question her work? about it. She worked for an NSA um, place called Pluribus because mm-hmm. she had as a um, because of her linguist skills because right. she'd in the she'd been in the Air Force from eighteen to twenty four and she knew three Arabic languages right. so she obviously at this point in our military um, complex she was a translator yeah kind of yeah um, but also taught yeah. yoga. Uh-huh. Right, I mean, I mean, she's such a so fast. I mean, uh, I just have so much, the different sides of her yeah. owns guns. Is right. obsessed with those animals. Right. I mean, if you ever look at her like social media footprint, it you you just see like a twenty four year old girl who's taking pictures of kale salad. Like you wouldn't <sighs> see the military side. You wouldn't right. even see the the right. language. Like yeah, that's why she's just so fascinating to me. Right. Or this very interesting. What does it mean to be a young patriot? And I, like truly kind right. of interested in that. 
Um, but the transcript itself, which is what we stick to almost like literally word for word, and in dramatically we use that as the like script totally noted only for people on it. And like why it almost felt like a play to me the first time I looked at the transcript was it listed out participants as if it was a character list. Mm, mm-hmm. And participants were Reality Lee Winner. They'd spelled her middle name wrong, which we didn't know at first. Agent Justin Garrick, who's played by Pete Simpson. Who I've known since I was 18. Uh, right. He was... Tr- I mean, it's a, he is. It's a, it was like a yeah. mind-boggling sort of math thing he did in terms of the specificity. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was like, yeah. how did you do this memory-wise? Because I can't right. remember a word, but... No, I know that... That at the level he is by syllable, yeah, by cough, by yeah, by sound. It is. It was totally virtuosic. So incredible. It is, and yeah. then the amazing line, which I think is actually so critical of the whole piece that he in particular brings, is like that naturalism, but then just so lightly stylized. Mm-hmm. It's like really this incredible tension mm-hmm. that yeah. feels sort of important. Um, but then the fourth character called for on the Who transcript. The third oh, reality agent um, Garrick, and then agent Wally Taylor, who's right. played by T. L. Thompson, right. and then the fourth person was unknown male, and I was mm. like, "What the fuck is that?" Like that was a super intriguing detail before I'd read it, and then we came to learn that that was probably picking up the voices of the nine other men, mm. and that's why there is a non sequitur quality that we did have to build this logic a little bit into, and made the choice to give. Um, as we come to call unknown male, give Becca the devices mm-hmm. and yeah. And ways of sort of stalking the perimeter and right. while then moving center and then moving yeah. back to this. Because in sort real of in life, out. as she was in that, there would have been so like the, just the feeling of all these bodies around mm-hmm. right. her space and yeah. it would have been there. So And so when so you first read the story, talk mm-hmm. talk us through the progression to building the piece. Yeah, I mean, so this happened in... Which, I mean, it's yeah. theater. It's at the Vineyard Theater, and yeah. yet for me, it's it's performance art and dance and yes. and theater, and it's it's something that I feel, uh, I mean, it's work that excites me so much as, as someone who can actually then diagram these forms and feels very contemporary in that right. way. Thank you. I mean, that, I think those are a lot of the artistic values went into building it just right. in a very um, holistic way. But yeah, um, so it's very nice to see that it can hold that even in a space like in this off-Broadway theater. Um, But yeah, I had heard of reality very vaguely in June when this happened, but because of her name, I I was like, I'm not paying attention to that. I don't like reality TV shows, even though I love the Kardashians. So I... (laughs) (laughs) Does Aaron, I believe. Yes, Uh we share an intellectual Mm -hmm. interest in the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways... Then in December 2017, so like six months pass, I'm actually working on another show that would have fulfilled my commission at the kitchen for January 2019, which is when this originally had this premiere run. What show was that? Well, it was just a thing I had in development. It was not ever in the world. Like I knew I had a commission and I was slowly working on this idea I had and, um, but then read this profile on reality in New York magazine that December 2017 and immediately was fascinated with everything we just discussed. I was like, what? This is really crazy. And then that had a link to the transcript. And as soon as I started reading that, I'm like, this is a play. It's so weird. It's so funny. And then the other other critical factor was that reality looked enough like Emily Davis, who Mm -hmm. I work with all, I had worked with for 10 years. And I was like, 
hmm. And like within like, I read that all in like an hour of literally killing time, forward it to Emily and I'm like, do you know about her? Take a look at this. Maybe it could be a play. You could play her. And then Emily, you know, any actress, she's like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, like, I don't even know. What? <laughs> yeah. What, I, this might take a minute, yeah. but what, what is Emily's story as an actress? Like, how do you know her and right. how is she not? Right. She is someone I think who she's Reed about, and I are, are very I can't, to be, I think I can't she's believe about her. To, I mean, she's been in truly underground, which crazily people have been like, she's really major. I, I hope and think and that. This in particular, of course, has given her a huge platform, but she's, I mean, she's super trained and craft, she's an actress who's just ended up being a bit downtown. She went to NYU, she was in Tisch, and she's a contemporary, you know, now she, well, through Half Straddle, she's friends with Aaron Murky and all of us, we're all like a cohort of humans a bit in the world, but she, yeah, she sort of just... I mean, I, she should talk more about this, or like, but we she kind of we found have her on because herself we really talked a lot about her in off. Singlet, which was yeah, her favorite right. show. She of is so good in that. Last, I mean, well, she's there. so good in this, yeah. and show. she is yeah. so good tremendous. Yeah, I mean, so like, because she's so we've been working together like ten years, and so that's a bulk of her like adult working life. And I, how did you meet? Jess Barbagallo, who's the real heartbeat of Half Straddle, if, oh, if we're all honest with ourselves. And okay. Jess and I met at grad school. And Jess used I to live right Jess. down here. So this is on our heyday of our early right. whatever we were was around this area. Um, yeah, Jess is amazing. But Jess had I an, an early Half Straddle second or third show. I needed to cast someone. And Jess had remembered Emily Davis from NYU, had, was not friends with her yet. But remember, there was like there's this really good actress at NYU, and so she came in and read for something and was in the the first play that Aaron Markey was in called Family, where Emily essentially played me and Aaron Markey played my hilarious little sister. Um, family drama. Um, I, did that happen at Dixon Place? We did it at the Ontological Hysteric. Like it oh, might wow. have still been called that, and wow. then within a year it became Incubator Arts Project, and right. then a couple right. years later. We did a crazy thing called sliding whores at Dixon Place that, like, I'm sort of proud of. <laughs> that, that is something to be proud a of. A mini British rom-com. Like, sliding whores. Yeah. I took all really these good. lines from sliding doors uh-huh. and then also woven other British phrases. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, Emily or um, Aaron weren't in that. Anyways, that, and then Em's just started working with us and... You know, and she wants to be wants to be and will be and should be an actress, actress. Do you know what I mean? Right. I think she's loved this kind of work, and again, she could talk to that. But she wants she's an actress. You know what I mean? She's she been is. an actress since she was eight years old. She's she unbelievable. She went to the performing arts high school in Dallas. Right. Like this is her life's. Right. I don't believe work. Yeah. in most actors, right. especially on stage. Especially in so here's but what's exciting, Tina. Is she's, you know who hates theater? Who read? All right. I mean, I get I, it fully, and so do I. And I mean, but I, I loved Sigla, and I loved this show. Yes. Right. There's a kind of specificity and rigor yeah. to this That's work that makes word, it like yeah. really. There's a choreography to it right. that Absolutely. you're like, this is a show. It's not like right. people. Proj- and it was miked. Thank you very much. Yes. It isn't people yes. yelling out to the audience <laughs> as if we're supposed to believe that's how they're talking to one another. It's insane. Well, it's very yeah. intimate. And then the choreography creates a strangeness so that it continually feels destabilized while also real. And Emily has these sort of 
insane twists where she all of a sudden will go into, or all of a sudden formally she speeds up, right. she has uh-huh. gestures, right. and then all of a sudden drops all of that right. and goes into this other very, and it does feel like this, you know, these ways in which uh, on stage and for those of us who make these theater performance right, right. events, I feel so that we're so penetrated by style and now right. use it to weaponize our work. Right, right, right. And it's a it's a real wielding of it. It's such it's really craft and you had such craft yeah. uh in it. It was so Thanks. it's so great. Yeah. Yeah. How did the wait, so you so then you sent it to Emily and you're like right. she's like, yeah I'll do this. So then for like this was like the kind of fun time of it for like two months. And at that point I lived with Emily and Jess Barbagallo in um, an apartment in Bushwick where I lived for several years, like half straddle. They called the bathroom the actor's studio. Um, <laughs> it was like a hilarious, dysfunctional half straddle house. Um, but in that apartment, and sometimes we'd rent a rehearsal space, we just kept reading it out loud. Emily, and then I knew there needed to be that the other three roles had to be some form of male energy. Mm -hmm. And that was, it didn't have to be a cis body. It did Mm -hmm. not have to be a cis body. It just had to be whatever felt like some version of this intangible male energy to me. And that we just would call in tons of people to come read through it with us and be like transparent that it was like, we're trying to figure out, is this anything? We're also starting to figure out the alchemy of these agents with Mm -hmm. Emily. And so all these amazing people friends and others would offer, you know, would come and do that hour with us, like from Jess to Ari Fliakos to, of course, that's where we first saw Pete. Right. Tons of people. I mean, and everyone was this super, and I never really auditioned. Like, that's right. not how I've normally done plays. Very occasionally. Aaron Markey was an audition, actually. Hilariously <laughs> I enough. Aaron has told me, Aaron and I have shared audition stories, and I can't, I, I, so that Aaron, one is, I don't know that Aaron and I audition really. Right, no, I mean, now I'm sure they wouldn't, but like, right. also that was years ago, I'd gone to see them, also Jess and Chris had recommended Aaron, I saw when they pulled the scroll out of their vagina and sang the Lollipop Guild, like their Carol Schneeman. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then I was like, yes, they're amazing, but uh-huh. like it was a play play and I was still sort of new in the whole thing. And I had this 40 hour week day job on 17th and Park or 19th and Park where I was like a copywriter in this big PR agency. And I was like, Emily, I mean, Aaron, come to my office. And I just like in this like total corporate sitting and I just like snuck into the conference room and like uh-huh. read Aaron Markey like at a conference room table like what cor- play was this for family which was sort of oh, this is family because wow. that's where we all met sort of wow. but it was just and no one of course in that kind of place if you just do that thing no one's really paying attention right. and no one really ever paid attention to me there anyway like <laughs> i didn't incredible. do anything for three years <laughs> till the layoff started but i had a blackberry in there. <laughs> like aaron Murphy just and we don't even yeah. know each other yet and like comes in with a big ponytail and we're like sitting that's it in and the, but that's as soon as they read this amazing Valley Girl Aaron sister so of mine, incredible. was like, okay, I'll, yeah. like, I'll let you know. Aaron is like my Leo brother. On the, it was I'm like you were going to play of an audition in a conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we actually should like? go back and do oh, that. Oh, I know. That's yeah. a really good Headshot set. resume. There's, yeah. there's your next show. It's like a conference room and coming in and being like, yeah, so, you know, and all, whatever that text was. Do you know Chris Giarmo? 
Of course I know okay, Chris. So, and I, for years I had these office jobs and Chris Germo like infamously has taken a shit in every office job <laughs> I've had. Like he's always like, I need to use the bathroom and Amazing. like pop up to the fancy places I was But working. didn't Chris and Jess give like a toilet to Dixon? I keep going back oh, to yes, Dixon. Yes, I know their name is over <laughs> that toilet. It's so good. It's really good. I was recently thinking back to early shows I did at Dixon Place and how fun they were. Well, funny, just talking about is this a room, it's like me. In in terms of the content yeah. and in terms of some of the like transcribed bits, but... Yeah, so, because I, I told you brief, I, Tina and I got to talk after I saw is this a room, so I found the transcript of Lisa Nowak oh, right, right, right. when she was taken in from trying to abduct <laughs> um, the other female astronaut <laughs> I can't remember her name because I was because there was an act in that show was called what are the garbage bags for because I was I couldn't get over this transcript when they said what are these garbage bags for so Reed played the person I played the police interrogator (laughs) he played the police interrogator but it was choreographed in this way so that it it kept destabilizing me as Lisa where like there's this part where the, the interrogator says to Lisa Nowak because um, she keeps talking about the guy right. she's obsessed with and he goes right. you need to get him out of your head and so I had Reed like fold in half and like snap his neck while saying it it was it was fun transcripts are good right and that they're just a great source totally that's what it offers you because we were always Emily and I were always in convo and, and then as the ensemble of like in a way this should all feel like what it felt for like for reality yeah. right and so if that's what yes. sort of like some of the things you called out that Emily does so intuitively and beautifully of like gestural and then I mean of course we are directing at times the pace and stuff literally just that has nothing to do with content but to just make Mm. the formal frame of it hold but yeah but it serves that like sense of like it speeds up or yeah well and what happens in the and you feel like what's happening for it is this thing about what's happening for her and how is this right like when the three of them stand behind her and she's facing one direction the light shifts the blackouts the use of sound was so great and so successfully captures the how fearful this situation must have been and how how awful for her it was right but when you did it at the kitchen reality came Reality did not come because she has literally been in jail since this day. <laughs> she has been in custody since hours after what is on stage. Her mom did I, came. Then I had a dream oh, yeah. that But her she mom came. came and her really beautiful, really smart sister came. And her stepdad and these family friends came. Have oh, you gotten oh. to speak with her? Emily has corresponded with her through some forms of jail mail. Um, but no one. we've never spoken directly to reality she um, is still. How yeah. long will she be there? She'll have about two and a half more years. Like when she, so she was arrested in June 2017, taken to, into custody that night, denied bail several times. Um, was so stayed in jail for a year and a half. In the first place, she was taken in Augusta, Georgia. Was scheduled to go to um, trial in October 2018. She pled not guilty, was going to go to trial, and then Why suddenly switched Why deny bail? To, like, how can they do that to somebody? They said she was a flight risk, that she had saved right. up money, that oh, the I reason see. she'd learned Arabic was that she actually wanted to join a terrorist organization. Right. They really did these very traumatic I saw things. that they, like, read in her diaries that yeah. she had written, like, sort of Islamic sympathetic yes. stuff. Yes, so they really mined all that 
Um, and then, so then she, at the, in like a couple months before she would have gone to trial, switched her plea and said, because she could have faced up to 10 years and she was really struggling in prison and mm-hmm. felt like, I, as I understand it from what her mom said, that it was safer to just take the shorter time and know there was a definite end date. So she got a five-year sentence, which is considered record-breaking for the Espionage Act, like for actually being charged under it. Like it's the most ever given. Really? And But at that point she'd served a year and a half and now she's served two and a half, you know, so she's got like two plus okay. left. And what she, and the information that she leaked. Right, I mean, it's in the Mueller report. They right. reference it. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it was actually like something to help right. the nation. Right. It's in really, I mean, it like literally still are, like almost confuses my mind. Would there have bit. been an appropriate avenue for her to That's take? the great question. I mean, yes. When you talk to sort of certain, like U.S. attorneys, I actually met one in Ann Arbor a couple weeks ago and I asked, this, this is always the question. Like, if you see this and you're in that position and at this moment, there are so many Amer- civilians with high level security because of the industri- military industrial complex at this point. So they are like, you're supposed to run it up the flagpole, but as they will even tell you, that usually does not do anything. But she did not do that. And you can, there are some editorials and op-eds that actually are pretty intelligently written by like whistleblower or leaker lawyers that are like, this is what she could have done. So they, there is, you know what I mean? But But she was just like, I'll just send it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think um just like that rate. She's like, mm, I'll just send it. <laughs> she might have been. <laughs> I, I don't I have a hard time picturing her being that like chill. I can't no, imagine. I know. She's a real fascinating. I she mean, seemed to understand what she was doing. Yes. Uh, to a yeah. certain extent. I also don't think she set out to be the martyr serving all the like Right. At this time. Or I that she would have been caught. I think it was a, a very idealistic... Yeah, I don't think she thought she was going to be caught right. and that this mm-hmm. book would be thrown at her like this I mean, hard. it's really great. It's interesting that she's this, like, lives in Georgia. She has three guns at home. One of them is pink. And she hated Donald Trump. Right. I was yeah. like, cool. That, totally. that person that, exists. That Totally. It makes me... And really cared about our country. That is the part and also that was really fascinating cares. to yeah. me. Because yeah. I t- felt no... I feel no connection. Because I remember when I first it. read the story of being this thing about reality. Right. You know, like, how can we... How can we have more reality? You know, I remember... Right. I felt like... I felt like all of those sentences kept happening as I read the story back when right. it broke. And, yeah. Um, it is this thing... And I think then that's what's, again, so great about the peace team is that it really... It holds... It holds her material without going into these zones of um, uh, indulgence, <clears throat> right, I mean, or that yeah. you are using Sorry. this material in some in some way or for some gain. It actually feels about what it, it's. It's an interesting thing of thinking about journalistic theater, right? Mm-hmm. And because I mean, it, of course, there are nuances to this, but we always we really do try to as neutrally as possible. Mm-hmm. These are the words that happened in order mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Put those on the mm-hmm. stage. I mean, you know what I mean? There's a bunch of choices made around that, but we're try not to actually push too much. Just right. like this is what was said. Because it's kind of incredible at that level. I yeah. do want to talk about the choreography of the Sinatra. Yeah. How, oh, yeah. how. But also, like, where did the choreography for the whole show come from? Okay. Did, did you make it? Yes. Oh, wow. I mean... So which one should I? The Sinatra Mine first. Just Emily. I, 
And did that happen one day in rehearsal and you're like, I never you? even saw it happen in rehearsal. And then all the time at the kitchen, I could never, I never, I don't think I ever saw it. And then people started talking about it. Like I was sitting with Emily, we were getting interviewed by some really cool lady reporter from Die Spiegel or that German magazine. What it, that, sure, that sounds right. And she's like, how do you do that brilliant snot drip? And Emily's just a very shyish person, actually yeah, yeah. very actor driven, doesn't really want to talk about too much what's mm -mm. up actually. Mm -mm. And was like, I was like, oh my God, Emily's going to be so horrified. But we both just were like, she's like, it's just so incredible. And I was like, oh, and then everyone, and I didn't really realize because it happened so upstage. And I, by right. that point was watching like basically from the booth and, um, yeah, so now, I don't know, when Emily and I started that stuff, I you don't know. You describe for the listeners yeah. what, what, what you're talking about. It's a very intense part. <laughs> they have, so reality for the majority of the play keeps lying to the agents, and that's mm -hmm. not a spoiler. I mean, we, right. well, I think it's kind of incredible to watch it unfold. She right. straight up and repeatedly finds ways to say, try to not lie, but deny that she did it, and then they really have her on the ropes. They really are pushing her. They're saying, like, what if we told you this? They're saying facts that are true, and she's just... Literally in this pressure moment, she starts to get really worked up. And however, Emily comes to play that. I, and I, I think it's really just what happens. I don't think Emily is summoning that, although maybe she is now. I will. Well, she, well I asked about Emily it. about it. Yeah. What did she say? It's the energy of the of them, yeah. of them interrogating her. It's her body. Her. It's and, then, and it's where they're positioned around her, and their energy like pushes her to uh, contract, and then. It comes out because right. I was like, I can cry on cue, but I don't know that I could do that. Right. And that's why, you know, really like, I don't know. I'm talking about, but I like, and then I don't, I'm just curious as with you all make work. That's mm. something I don't even want to talk to Emily about. Do you mm. know what I mean? I just, because sometimes when you talk about things, then they get noted in that snot drip has become this weird magic thing. I mean, well, the thing is that I, I don't, have only in yeah. my work worked with one actor. Okay. Everyone else has been dancers Right, first. which is really quite different. And right? so that is real, because I also think there's something to, you're going to do this thing. Right. And then what's not discussed is the emotions, but right. the form is discussed. Right, right, right. Totally and then sense. they get to play inside of the emotional yeah. content. So it's not this thing of, I didn't want to ask Emily about how are you feeling. Right. I just want to talk about the form. Right. Yeah, no, and yeah, I and I, I give pretty specific notes, but the, that one I just am like, let's just, I don't want her to think that I'm... Well, everyone in the world is going to keep ta <laughs> talking to her about it. It's quite and, and what she And what she is doing, is she, it is really coming for her from an acting place. I mean, I think, and that is the thing that's right. exciting, you know, yeah. in, in terms I mean, of watching that, I'm all, I, Yes, then when you can see a really exciting, really good acting that is not pushed screaming... Right. I always, I'm like, God damn it, I do like theater. Right. I do like acting, which, but it's, um, yeah. So speak about the choreography. Yes. And so, your relationship to choreography. So I would, it's so funny because I call it staging, but I'm mm. like, I know it it's choreographic. Right. right. Because I'm not a choreographer, but. Um, but we could also call it blocking. Right. That term I also. It feels yeah. like it becomes, it sort of crosses the line into choreography yeah. in this situation because it's not like there's no furniture, there's no totally. like there's there's no walls. It's not like, oh, go to this chair and then you're gonna pick up a cup off the table. It's not like that. It's really Totally, totally abstract. Yeah. yeah. And that so that you're speaking exactly to what were these earliest instincts for me about the piece, even in those weeks when we were reading it and then the kitchen was I was like, I think this is a show I wanna do in January. So then we're like, okay, it's getting real that this is gonna live in live space. And I was talking to Parker Lutz, the set designer that winter of 
2018 before it premiered. Um, and I was like, I know that there's no set. I just want it. And I think we, I had never done work like this with the audience on either side, but I'm like, I am having an instinct. There's audience on either side, or we should try that. And that, cause I, and those, those were coming from like this idea that this was this conversation in space that really what was the drama and the interesting thing was that these words were said back and forth to each other over mm -hmm. this hour. And like that, so whatever way you most could highlight, that was what was like very instinctual to me. And then, so we, and that there'd be no set. We wouldn't have like a kitchen or anything like that. And then when we finally got in the rehearsal room, and I, I mean, I had some ideas of these stage pictures so loosely. And then we would just, I had just got in the room and it was just about making energy and tension. Right. Like, and then painstakingly like I'd have an idea and we'd all try it and then I mean I've talked about this a bit but after a couple weeks once we were fully cast and really rehearsing of this in the fall 2018 then we also would start to know when this abstract thing was working you know what I mean we'd try like maybe Pete go that way and then we'd try it and then we'd all be like yeah that didn't work we'd have you know that magic when you're right. sharing the logic that is totally right. abstracted right the world you've made in that room and for that piece um, yeah, and just some of the hardest part for us to, for me to get, and was what we call act two, once they've taken her into the house, the sound goes away, that, because she really was taken to this tiny, tiny room, at that, the room she says she doesn't want to go into, mm -hmm. and just keeping that part where they repetitively ask things was, like, really hard, and still, I'm, like, always, like, ugh, but, um, yeah. Still, after how yeah. many, because it's had a fairly it's yeah it's run a bit right and we we were touring it recently yeah. but yeah so that it was just this logic of energy and tension and something like I it, yeah and like and then of course the things that happen in the room like especially with Becca like they walked in eating a sandwich in rehearsal that day and it's like oh my god obviously that yes. agent yeah walks in it can't be a sandwich let's get a disgusting power bar but oh, it just yeah. like right. adds this if you happen to see it this great little detail of right. gearing up for the day casually and, and the yeah. final prop that she yes. holds is <laughs> this what? dog toy uh-huh i people tried to close to the project tried to keep that off the stage huh. but i really like we had, I mean, honestly, there was a point in time where I thought the show would end with a song. I mean, very bad sure, ideas, sure, sure. Like well, very downtown right, ideas were in the, the mix. Really ideas, on. But right? really, very quickly, once we were in the final like two months of mm -hmm. rehearsal, it was like these are this is becoming this very like sharp. Simple I have thing. frequently been like, oh, it'll end with. Remember in Rumble Ghost when I was like, and I'll sing this song, right? and I went to like sing a song at the end of Rumble Ghost, and uh, my dramaturg Josh Levy, as soon as I began, went no. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I started yeah. singing, what like, song no. were you gonna sing? You were there. You were all in the room. I was something to what Calder had written, and what? it was because it was this thing about Rumble Ghost was like the, my, my most play. I, love that title. I feel like, and the opening is you think you're watching Poltergeist, and the second part you realize it's all just been a group therapy oh, session. Oh, that's really cool. And then people are talking about their inner child, mm -hmm. and it's this idea that Carol Ann's the inner child, and that's right. what's been missing. <laughs> and at the end, it was supposed to end with my inner child, which I chose to not have but i was at one point going to sing a song as the inner child oh God. and With i remember words uh -huh, i was like i love you know it was like a high <laughs> oh, thing no uh, yep and that's and josh was like no right away and i was like you're right we immediately were like no but the choice well, to end with a song you is always... sing a song at the end of me macarthur park 
I sang MacArthur Park, but that's different. That's Donna Summer, and I also believe that is what Lisa Nowak was listening to on her track. <laughs> right, it's really dramaturgical. It. it was dramaturgical to have Donna yeah. Summer in there. Yeah, um, so but we were so there was all these ideas. And I, then, what was the song gonna? So I want to know what was the song gonna be. The curtain call is this original song that Sanaa Yamada who did the, all the composing for the show, I'd asked her to write, mm. like, a pop song for reality mm. with this idea that maybe it would be sung. Or, you know, mm. Pete Simpson's actually this incredible drummer. So, so for those who idea, don't know, I mean, yeah. I know Pete from having acted with him as a kid and doing very physical, as a child, I was, like, 18, but, like, very physical commedia theater. And then I met Pete years later, who was in the Blue Man group. Oh, right. Still is. Still. That is, like, his day job. That is... It's like he can't quit it. He's got a family. And, yeah. So he puts yeah. on a, a bald cap? Totally. I'm, I'm, he's one of the original, like one of the one earliest of, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. it's wild. I, God, I love Pete so much. Uh, he's re- very fascinating in all yeah. heart. And yeah, he's a great person. Yeah, so he can play the drums. Yeah, wow. so there was this idea. So that song, so she wrote it, and it's called Pretty Paper, which like mm-hmm. which is like when reality says... I use pretty paper. There's uh-huh. this line. Um, minced. But so then that we really quickly knew that probably wasn't going to happen. And then. Did it ever? Did you no, ever try it? No, we never even tried it. Because God, then, I really yeah. want to see I think it ends well. Yeah. <laughs> that was no, like, it's really then good. Parker you did it. had this crazy dress. It's actually what I'm wearing in my author picture. Uh-huh. But there was an idea that maybe Emily changed and came back on stage sure, in this sure. incredible dress. Sure, <laughs> like, sure. You know? I know all these choices deeply. Like, I really and relate to like. It was obviously super. We, I wonder right. we actually shoved Emily into that dress, made her zip into it. She was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It was really clear. Also, that was wrong. But I had some thought that made me think there's something on the stage at the end. And because compared to other house straddle work, which I'm excited, but this, this is so not colorful. Normally, we, there's a nail color palette for every show. It's this fingernail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's full, <laughs> you know, they're usually truly very femmy uh-huh. kind of queered worlds, but from a very female version of like yeah. that. And, and like, there's a lot of like, just they're like, this is so different in a very certain right. way. Although I can talk about the through line, but I think there was also a way of this little, like, Parker actually was like, Tina, don't let that go on the stage. <laughs> My first, but I just, it's also this weird magic. And now for me, it works like how weird that day was. Like, was that on in the room? Did, like, I don't know. It's well, just a it, little it, weird touch. It also brings yeah. up this thing that her dog is locked up. Yes, at, yes. In the, back the locked up dog like, is really heartbreaking it's somehow yes. through the whole it's yeah, I mean, because she really, and in the, I will say in the letter, Emily, reality wrote back to Emily. She said, the only thing I cared about that day was those animals. And I tried to stay really calm so that nothing would happen to them. It's, which is, and like, that tension inside of it and that it's coming from that. It was right. so, so when she picks up this dog toy at the yeah. end, I was like, <gasps> oh, good. Yeah. yeah it really, really worked for me. It like a good little weird detail it really it's works amazon the first one we ordered wasn't the right color so right. i literally was like and we're ordering another one yeah. oh, <laughs> this is the good. color i want i mean these things are important they're they really important. are the devils yeah. in the details the devils in the details it's really true yeah um so and what is the because you're someone who has made a lot of work and this is now off broadway right it's the first time for you in that yes. arena yes. how's that been it's been really interesting yeah. and it's been um I, yeah I mean I think I will never know if it was me moving into this or like it was hard it, it's been hard and I'm like the vineyard's amazing I'm so grateful to be there but it was it's a bit of a culture clash and we were like 
in a tiny bit of a way. And I think we also like came in as a company overall, like we weren't fully brought in as a company, but overall we brought people that were on the show before. Right. And like, many of us have worked together in total downtown ways. Right. So there are literally a lot of like, we'd be like, why don't, they're just doing that because they always do it that way. And then I'd be like, no, but our we're also mad because we always do it our way. Right. You know what I mean? So it was just like, but it turns out that like it, just putting a show on stage is not, there's just a lot to that. And I think in a bigger institution, there's a lot more to that. Well, and when the subscription audience enters into the, right. into the ring of it, and also right. this sort of thing of how have we educated our audiences to, right. to view work in this right. way? I mean, I think it's... It's a real, because it's, and it's what's so wild about the, the difference between the kitchen. And, and it's, yeah, it's totally wild how different theater. it is. And we were deep, deep downtowners, you know yeah. what I mean? But very excited for this. I was like, I had wanted an opportunity like this. I was super curious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then it's actually really moving how they treat their subscription audience who are mm. literally some of the oldest human beings <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> walking <laughs> well until like unless you go see i mean theater at theater or yeah. uh and in dance places yeah. that are yeah. subscription audience that yeah. it, it is a thing of and i and i think that that is part of it too of how are we how are we educating everyone not right. just not and and viewing that as not just an age thing totally and that's why i really like i it was really cool they took this show and and have, let, it, and let elderly, us all make it the have way. Have the elderly had a good reaction <laughs> to your show? I think so. I, I mean, I'm sure there are some who have not. And, uh -huh. But, I mean, you know how you can feel stuff. I was so surprised those first couple weeks of previews where a majority of the audience was the very old total subscribers are going to come out, whatever the vineyard has programmed, not necessarily interested in us or this work or know anything about us or the work at all. And you could feel them want like that's what I sort of learned about some of the subscription audience and I don't know if this that they will lean into it and want to like understand and take it at face value mm. like what should I get out of this or what do am I getting out of this which I actually think is interesting compared to some of the little bit of like prove it downtown thing sure. at times do you, you know what I mean I like sure there's yeah. well I think it's when once categorical thinking enters yeah. into the picture it's right. difficult regardless of right. where anyone falls in the matrix right. of human life right and I it is this thing of this is that and that is this and then right. it's really hard to view anything in there right so downtown can certainly have that in terms of where right. we position ourselves theoretically right. politically ideologically all of right. these things and but that's also this <laughs> obviously the same yeah. in a subscription audience that is like, I'm coming to be entertained. Right. Or, you know, I view it as solely right. for my own entertainment. Right. You know, that I, I'm not looking to learn, be moved, or well, that so, this yeah. should have efficacy. And I think right. that is uh, really interesting. But I think, you're making me realize something like, a, literally, it's just been such a head down thing there, of getting the show in there. But like, with the vineyard, because they've really positioned it as political theater which mm -hmm. I, I, it is and I'm happy for that but we and now I'm realizing I, <laughs> here now like I think in part of that was because it maybe wasn't going to just entertain like it was going to potentially be a hard hour for someone who's used to a joke a minute it is and like I mean, someone leaning on a well and as thing. someone who has like yeah. seen right I mean I had a, a stretch where I went to see a, just a bunch of theater right instead of just instead to of take seeing it all in anything really 
And it was really, it's been interesting for me to see plays that are like, <sighs> plays right. and a real like theater, like, it's just, I can't. Do, it, do where, you see where plays? It's, I, I do not see as much as I should see considering I situate myself in this world at all. I'm much more interested in visual art like as an influence and just always have been. And then I'm like lazy and picky and poor. So <laughs> I have, but I'm trying to, I mean, I've seen more lately. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just saw something though, that was so great. And especially in terms of the acting that like is giving me a lot of thoughts about like, I don't know if it's like an American thing or something. I saw that. Um, I don't know what, um, what if they went to Moscow? Oh, right. Band. Band, which was Brazilian people. Um, mm. And the, these three actresses were so good. And I was like, I literally was saying the closest. It was based on three sisters. Yes. And they just go in at the sisters. They cut everyone else away good. practically. I mean, there's a lot to say about it. And I won't take up time on that with no one here seen it. And, but um, <laughs> it's also, but I mean, I knew yeah. some, ab- okay. I knew some but about it. But was this acting. Like, and it was like, I said it was like the closest thing I know to this happening right now is, is Emily. Like that, because I've seen several big shows lately and I know those actors are good. I've, like when Broadway shows, I know they're good actors actually. And I, but they're, we're pumping up this idiom here directorially that is the louder deliveries mm-hmm. or this bigger edge we have to give. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it totally takes me out of mm-hmm. almost it all can. shows or it can, it can, unless it's so well done that that becomes it. Right. But seeing these three incredible actresses and a part of it was interacting with the audience, but then with each, so simple and so good. It was just like, well, and they were also, but weren't they also using live feed in this? Yes. But also like, cause I feel that can always help in terms of film. Well, no, there was two things. You watched the play live uh-huh. and then watched the movie. You literally went to a different location and watched it projected. Uh-huh. They repeat it. Uh-huh. Or I actually went with Jess and we saw the movie first and then the live one, uh-huh. the movie of the performance. Yeah. They live edit into from Fisher, they live edit into the Peter J. Sharp, one of the cinemas there, what's happening live. And then you went and watched it live. Yes. And I know this sounds very gimmicky, but I really will say it was so unsurprisingly not because of the integrity, the acting, and this overall almost old-fashioned simplicity put onto this thing that mm-hmm. I know sounds very kind of known what the tropes they're up to are. But I didn't. It was I, I don't know that I felt yeah. that tropes were known. I really only thought about it in terms of right. an actor. Of like, once a camera's on me, I can really like, hopefully, right. Enter, well, I think you're enter, right. Actually, enter into yes. a zone of right. not uh, maybe that, pushing. Maybe you're actually really right. But I know many people yeah. who loved this show, right. and I another yet another show I wish I would have seen. I did, was did upstate. you get to pick your own adventure? Like you're like I want to no. see a movie and then play. If you depending on what time you chose, like certain show like we just happened to the last one we could go to you went to the movie first Mm -hmm. which I was actually really glad that is what happened Mm -hmm. and it was durational like I got a little bored in the second because I'm like I saw this (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) but then it would come back like there would just be a really great gift of acting or or something would happen that you hadn't seen in the edit (laughs) and then we were like we are so glad was each time about an hour and a half. Each. 
Yeah. So Maybe not quite. It was, so you were there for like four It was hours? definitely durational. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. And I mean, and we were like, maybe we'll sneak out. Yeah. Like maybe we'll just try. And you were like, no, I want to go see this live now. <laughs> and you did. But at the end, we were both like really, that was just special. No, I, I'd also. Seeing so much I don't love. But I'm also yeah. just like, but that's like not theater. Like it's, <laughs> it is in this way. I'm talking about plays right. where Play they're plays. really, well, not, not even like I saw this, uh, this this play and it was just this you know this two hander and this endless talking and even monologuing at the audience but in this way that felt so like uh, just it, it made me sick. But certain audience members so are loving it, it, was, it, right? Oh, they loved it. They loved it. It was very, it was very like it was just it was super white and straight and like right. super like so straight it made me just not want to talk to straight people for like a week after watching it i felt so kind of enraged by the whole by the whole process of it you read richard foreman's unbalancing acts i know it's old news right but right. it remains the or text to me because right. he literally is like this is socialized to us this is a how people act right. and act on stage and we've literally right. been programmed to think Right. Like in his whole work, he's like, literally my work is to deprogram that. Yes. I think idea. I just I think that's grew up written. not yeah. seeing very much theater I and like not going so to much. plays. And, and so when it. I go to plays, I'm instantly like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Like, I can't believe but it. But also and you you're... just have instincts, I would argue. Like, you know. <laughs> he does. Well, also he really comes from dance, but also comes from like a huge canon of dance. I mean, we're, right. we're going to talk about like ballet to Rebecca Paddock and beyond. Right. Like it's like your like Reed's knowledge of dance that has also traversed so much text. Right. Also right, right. my, my pieces have had the 30 page scripts inside right, of them that right, I've written. Right. So Reed has dealt with theater via right. performance art and choreography. Very specifically, and yeah. so, which is so much about how to use theater to wake you up to right. the bizarreness of life or like to Not, truly queer it yes. like to queer yeah. life like yeah. in an old-fashioned yeah definition of that word yeah yeah so that you right. can been back to you saying like watching stri- in a really way that's what and they've really doubled down on it in the last year and a half like straight you... theater has oh. really they're 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 like you, I won't let you get away with it, which well, is what was so like exciting about slave play right. for me. There's, like, and then really going to see slave play and being like, yeah. oh, which is yeah. getting like every single great review, which is great because I'm working on Jeremy's totally. next one. So I may, everyone come see it, but it's really this, it did feel like, oh my God, I can breathe right, up right, in right. here instead right. of feeling <laughs> like this wet, right. hideous straight white blanket getting thrown on me where they're like, <laughs> no, people talk like this. And I'm like, who? Were there people <laughs> I guess, in the audience going, mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. And drinking <laughs> out of their wine sippy cups. And being, and what was amazing was people being like, mm, ah, blah, blah. I had like some of the dumbest <laughs> jokes. And then being on their phone in the next breath, fully sending an email. Wow. Like from the audience being like, oh, oh, and then their phone's out and they're like, <laughs> I don't know that I want lobster. You know, like, you know, what they're writing in the audience is more interesting than what's going on upstage because you're like, actually, this is cruelty. Right. Like, if you want to talk about brutalism and the fucked up things people do, look at your audience. Because look at how they're watching this story and, like, go in there, like, and canvas that. I think that's also the thing that is, that I've always, you know, I don't, I don't want to just... 
it is this thing of like pods, like people are in right. pods and then they sort of siphon in and now they're in this new pod and, a, and there's theater seat and everything happens how they expect right. and then they get in another pod, that's the cab and then... You know, it's like <laughs> pod people, and that's the cab, and that's the cab. Another pod, that's the elevator. <laughs> their apartment, which is another, another pod. pod. Another shower, it's a pod. It was a bad metaphor, but I was basically <laughs> talking about pod people and this feeling of I want things to wake me up, not put me to sleep. Right, right. And I feel like if an audience is kind of is feels fine to like get on their phone, laugh some at your show not pay attention to it, give you a standing ovation because that's right, societally right, right. what seems appropriate. Right. I'm like, well, then they were asleep. Right. It's just such a different kind of art exchange. Mm-hmm. Than, well, yeah. yeah, it's literally like, well, I'd rather watch TV. I think totally, also being totally not feeling like you have the money. I don't have the money to go and pay to see a, right. a ton of things. So then it's like, and there is such great, Film and television content. Totally, totally. And so if live arts like, wow, well, how do we get people out of their homes? It's like, I know. do I, something. I, I, <laughs> I wonder do sometimes, something. like, should I, should I go see more plays so I, like, understand and know how to talk about it and, like, learn something about theater? But then I'm like, do I want to go see Laurie Metcalf yell at me for two hours? You I, know what I mean? I, for which she'll win a Tony. You know I, what I mean? I, my sense is you wouldn't. Right. I, for me, I like yeah. Laurie Metcalf, but I know <laughs> I what her. to, ex- I know what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? You. Yeah. I mean, you, I, yeah. One of the disappointments for me in theater is the thing about devil is in the details. Most mm. 80 to 97% of theater happening outside of downtown and maybe many, much of it doesn't care about details. And it's just, mm. it's a taste thing. I just want to see mm. really cool lighting and like mm-hmm. it's and formal shit it's just like it's gonna make me more relaxed and I'm gonna like it and then it can happen in there and that just doesn't so for me that's one of the pleasures and it's not a value system well I, I think it's also theater it's also interesting to think exceptions. about like what makes you feel relaxed or because right? I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's actually it's this thing of when I'm in something that's super where I know that what's going to happen as soon as it begins and that not only do I know what's going to happen, but this isn't, we just talked about a movie where I figured out immediately what was going to happen and then it all came to pass, but <laughs> I still really enjoyed the movie right. on stage. It's a thing of like, I'm trapped here and right. I can figure it out generally in the first five minutes. And then right. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh <laughs> right. my God. And right. now it's going to keep happening. Right. And everything happens exactly how I think too, right. where it's like, it's I bet this. and then like, and then, you know, you're like, Oh, a slow fade's going to happen in a moment. And then but it happens. With, and with I want to be like, play, oh. you know exactly what's going to happen right. story wise, but you don't know at all what's going to happen. Right. Oh, with Tina's. Right. Yeah. Is this a room? Sure. Yeah, yeah, but right. you don't know at all what's going to happen because of right. the details. The yeah. details and the and gift like of that to design. Um, text. I mean, because yeah. it sort of does keep surprising mm-hmm. you. What was it like to use just full source text instead of having written your own? Um, it was great. I mean, it. Re- I love constraints and that was time. like the most. <laughs> it totally saves time. Tea. Totally. <laughs> that was why we did that show in the end. Four actors, <laughs> written script. <laughs> The constraint too that we had. Four actors, written script. Let's get super honest with what it takes. We still have to raise a ton of money for the first one. Right. Um, but yeah, I loved th- that was a constraint. I mean, early on, we did think, I was like, there's no way we'll be able to keep all of this. We really thought we were going to have to do cuts hmm. to parts of it, like, because it was so repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have old scripts where this is the section, like, we would try not doing it. Mm. But then, 
the more we worked on it, the more it was cast with those particular actors. Um, it was like, nope, let's, the work is, let's try to make all of this hold. Because it felt like there was information in every little sentence that was helpful. Yeah. So, but then that, I mean, Emily's the one who referred to it this. We did a talk back in Philly a couple weeks ago. Someone asked a question like this. And she was like, we treat it like a canonical text, like it's Shakespeare, like we, that what is on the page is, is really what has driven this project. Like not a ton of outside research besides some of the terms. We're not like looking at, I didn't look up like interrogation techniques. We just, Mm -hmm. what did that page tell us like Mm -hmm. for the kinetics and the the feeling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tina, we didn't learn anything about about your life. Like we just learned about your work, but where are you from? New Hampshire. Did you have a happy childhood? Medium. <laughs> where did you, did you did you go to high school in New Hampshire? Yes, public high school. And then college really somewhere? small. Then I went to college undergrad in Maine, Bowdoin College. This is very New England. Very New England. 1980s New England. Do you have siblings? I have a younger sister. Wait, okay. Do you an MFA? I have an MA from Reed College uh-huh. in Liberal Studies, uh-huh. and then I I've, I went to Brooklyn College and I completed my stuff that you do with Mac, but I never graduated. With, with Mac? The Brooklyn College MFA Playwriting Program. Will, Mac, Will, Wellman? Wellman. I literally couldn't do it, and I was in Murder of Crows. Really? And I literally was like, Mac Wilson. Yeah. Mac Wellman. Yeah. You went to Brooklyn, wait, and you didn't, what, you I did everything? I never finished, because I had a 40-hour-a-week job, and I started making work really easy, like, soon. Not easily. Yeah, <laughs> and I started making, I had a 40-hour-a-week job, and I was making work and really I easily. I'm a pastor, so it's like, I'm sorry, I don't need should, to go here's out. Here's how you do it. <laughs> you take a transcript. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, no, and I mean, total New England is, I feel like, a big part of my... I mean, when, God, when are you going to do your Emily Dickinson piece? Oh, I'm obsessed with her. I knew it. But she's someone I almost, like, have you read the big biography? There's a, there's one amazing biography I got. I wove her into a play, in 2015 I made a play at the kitchen called Ancient Lives, and I wove some Emily Dickinson into Uh that, uh um, some Susan Howe. It's like Uh about this group of teenage girls one of them marries her female teacher and they all go to the woods to set up a um, tv station to like broadcast a feminist cult out of the woods it's also based loosely on pump up the volume and jess barbagallo played the christian slater who was a witch warlock who lived in the woods <laughs> Emily, oh, what kind of theater to go to? Emily That's Davis so played the student who and the teacher was lucy taylor who takes them to the woods and then Anyways, but I wove some Emily Dickinson in there. You know, that she, she's almost like, I don't want to do a full thing with her. It should stay kind of where it is to me. She's one of my overall. favorite quotes, which is uh, zero to the bone. It's so really so like how to good. edit your work. I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally obsessed yeah. with her as yeah. many are. But yeah. she's like probably one of the best people to ever, artistically to come out of time ever <laughs> besides yeah. me <laughs> to Tina's daughter <laughs> with her in her Dalmatian skin shirt <laughs> this is a little bit Emily I um and so then and then you started making work um yeah I mean I'm, I'm a late bloomer in many things in my life but I like through all of that New England stuff, I was t- I just was like a field hockey player. Like I was a total like New England jock person who thought 
that I would finish Bowdoin, teach English at a private school, and coach field hockey. Like, I thought that was going to be my life. Yeah. Um, Is it? No, it's honest. It was just not for me. I mean, I really, that was like, I was like really aiming towards that. (laughs) I think that is is definitely transcript material. So sad. Is it? No, it's honest. Answering. Answering, answering um, herself, checking, checking our silent, you know, Jeremy for like what's morally though, correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. Room tone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy <laughs> is room tone. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is really That's true. That's true. It's true. Wow, so, Jeremy was about the truth. So then you were. Going, oh yeah, so, and then I moved after Boone. I moved to Portland, Oregon, and was mm. just like living life. I thought I wanted to be, like, a writer. Like, I've been an English major. I thought I wanted to be, like, a journalist or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I'd done this, like, I'm my town is so small that I'm from. It's, like, 5,000 people total, like. I'm from 2,500. Really? Where are you from? Prairie du Sac, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Where so is the tiny, name of your town? Hopkinton. I mean. Yeah. Like, my public school, my graduating class was 40 people. Uh-huh. Like, right, so, like, right, tiny. Right, right. But, anyways, um. I, I went, I moved to Portland, Oregon. Oh, I'd done this little acting thing when I was little, but I, like, there wasn't, my babysitter ran, like, this kind of cool acting thing when I was really little. It's hard to explain. Experimental theater <laughs> in Hopkinton. Very seminal. It, it probably is, but I have like, to say. Yeah, like, children's theater is pretty experimental. When you go back to oh, children's totally. theater, you're and like... we would write our own plays. Like, like mm-hmm. me and my friends from that time do have a laugh when mm-hmm. we look at those right. scripts and stuff. But um, but I it probably actually was very seminal. But then I didn't do anything in high school because that was all musical mm-hmm. theater. I can't sing, wasn't into it. And then... But it bowed my mom would always go, you love theater. And I was like, mom, it's for nerds. Because all I was into was drinking and playing field hockey yes. and lacrosse. Um, but then this, like in Portland, the West Coast opened my brain up again. Um, I took an acting class, like on a weird whim. I'm such a bad actor, but I was, you know, the best one in my class <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> like, like, I'm not good. That's good for your ego. Clearly, it was at the time. Yeah. Very exciting. Like, I'm so young. I'm in the acting best in class. in a class of terrible people. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that slowly led. I, I ended up working with a cool company there. They cast me in this crazy version of Blood Wedding. But then... Who were you? <laughs> I was a very small part, and we were all double cast. Uh-huh. So in Blackout, like... I would switch roles uh-huh. with the other. I forget, but I do love Lorca. I mean, that is amazing. I played the moon. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it's a real, really that beautiful was a real piece, thing. actually. Yeah. That monologue really changed a lot for me, actually. I, yeah. Because I did it in a good. Meisner class. Really? And he broke me down in this way that I, it changed things. Oh, wow. Anyhow. That's super interesting. No. But then, th- this was a very seminal moment because this, well, the company's called Imago Theater. I think they're still out there. It's a couple. But, um... They were, I was like this actor, I had no big theater background at all. Like I'd seen some things in Boston with my family growing up, but they started talking about, they were going to travel to Seattle to see the Worcester group. Mm-hmm. And I was so enthralled with these people. I was mm-hmm. doing this thing where I was like, look up the Worcester group. Maybe I didn't even look on a computer. I don't know where I looked. <laughs> right. It was Encyclopedia. 1876. Right. Right. And so I, but then, that, so I like, but I somehow learned about the Worcester group and then 
they were the first people I took. They were really into Foreman, so I ordered mm-hmm. them balancing acts. I can remember mm-hmm. getting that and that. So with no theater background, I started getting deeply influenced. And then I really remember them being like, there's this young, up-and-coming person named Richard Maxwell. Oh, my God. And they were, they're all, you know, they're already provincially out in Portland, and they're, wow. but they're very interested in these New York experimentalists. So... That got really. I also saw to one me. of Rich's first pieces I because I was at a, apprentice at Williamstown in '97. Okay. So, and Rich did this piece called "The Burger King." Oh, I read it. I love those plays. Yeah, yeah, it was so. But I saw it in like a room. That's really crazy. In a weird building yeah. in Williams, Mass. Yeah, it was so. I was just talking about that play. <laughs> the Burger King. And James yeah. Stanley, I believe, played the Burger James King. James Stanley's a phenomenal actor. I love James Stanley, and I've worked with him as well. We, he was one. We were trying to get him, him in on, to be an agent really early. And there was no... I mean, uh, National Theatre of the United States of America had mm-hmm. a couple pieces that yeah. blew my totally. fucking mind. Totally. Yeah. No, they, they were, were up to they, really interesting yeah. stuff. Truly yeah. experimenting. Yeah. I, you, yeah. I grew up like knowing James and Yehuda yeah. and like... All of and those. the design of I, some of that stuff is really special. There's nothing but since or before Did this looks like that. Did you see this? So years and years ago, I'm mm. going to tell Reed about this piece, which maybe you saw. Yeah. It was at this, this small Shishama space where oh, it I was... I don't think I saw that. It was this tiniest little, like, perfect, round, you know, half-round stage at the lip. Like, you came and sat in in this weird space. It had theater lights at the edge of it. It was, like, two feet deep. And it then began by Yehuda like falling down in like with this thing tied around him and he was upside down and it was like him talking to this other guy and they were lit weird and you were like, what is this? And then all of a sudden the rope broke, he fell down and they ran through the back wall and it went on forever down a long hall. The wall collapsed, which you couldn't, it was lit so well you didn't realize it was just like paper or whatever. It collapsed and went down a long hall with all these doors and you were on a cruise ship. And I was like, I, I saw it. I, I was like an angry early 20 something. I saw this piece at least three times, dragged people to it. I was like, you won't believe it. I <laughs> there were, and then there were dance numbers that happened. They did a whole like cruise ship door opening, right. door closing. I couldn't believe the dance numbers. There was a woman in it who I wish I knew who she, I can't remember her name. She's one of the best performers I've ever seen in my entire life. Actor, who dancer, was anything. It? I'll have to, I'll have okay. to figure it out. And there was a section where in the very back, I, and they, it was so wild. They had a, she stood somewhere and they faced a mirror at her. And so you thought you were looking at her what you were seeing was the mirror and they could shake the mirror and you were like, what's happening? And so she was standing in the back smoking and you would just see her being like, like you would see this thing like ripple, but it looked as if it could be her doing that. And you couldn't, they, their ability to confuse your eye. Cause I remember James, I was, we were doing this play together, like a play and we were on the train going to Connecticut because that's where it was. And I was like, I'm doing a play. And I was like, oh my God. He's like, I'm working on the script. And I said, how many pages in it? And he said, 17. And I was like, what do you mean? I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind or any, I was like, how long will you? He was like, probably like an hour and a half. And I, I was like, what? And he was like, well, things are going to happen. Right. It was these, right. I mean... Well, but now I'm they totally, uh, they run yeah. the Museum of Illusions on 14th Street. <laughs> 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 Would that be a bit of a turn? 
<laughs> oh man. Do you know what you're doing next? Speaking of next. No, I don't totally know. I mean, okay. we're there's actually a bunch more touring on Is This a Room hmm. in the US and internationally over the next wow. year. Um for the producer for my tour is Mayin Wang. Oh, yeah. And then I have like an agent who's like my more normal kind of thing, mm-hmm. Rachel Viola, who's great. Um, so that, I mean, I'm such, we're such a small thing. Like, this has always been a little bit with Half Straddle, like, our, our momentum always outpaces our internal logistics. Do, right. Like, so it's just, in a certain, not always, but like, so we have all this exciting touring, but it's so much work. Right. Like, and You're I'm like, actually, oh my God, we're traveling. How do you travel? Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so and Megan, obviously, but and we have a yeah. team to help with that, but... I, and this was really, um, I am not even making excuses, I've just been so deep in this as a room, having no idea, truly, as one doesn't, that when we did it at the kitchen, it would have this life. And really, right. the last four or five months getting in and at the vineyard has been pretty all-consuming. And then sure, in that sure. time, we went to Europe and um, a little bit of U.S. with it. So, no, I'm trying to get my head out and, like, think about what it, what could and should be next. Cause I, I, yeah. I'm not up for doing, for you, yeah. you, you don't have to do anything next. I'm just curious. Yeah. I didn't no, mean that no. in a capital. No, like, no, no. And what's next, but Tina? You know well, after your exciting run at the Vineyard Theater, we're all wondering, what's next? And it's like, well, I did just work. I just killed myself for the last three years. I know. I know, but I said, what's next? It's yeah. so capitalist. That yeah, I, so I didn't mean it that way. No. Like, what about a trip or laying trip. down or um, <laughs> Are you watching TV? Uh, I am watching TV. That's important to us. Yeah. Uh-huh. We love TV and I'm films. like, but I'm really, I have really embarrassing taste for TV. Because I have such that. high anxiety. Mm, mm-hmm. Relatable. <laughs> but it's like really, how I treat it, it was like watching Sex and the City over and over and over uh-huh. and over. Uh-huh. That's fine. That's is fine. It, I mean, yes, it is. Like that is Jeremy my, is watching a show called The Watchmen, which is on HBO and it looks I'll incredible. And I had to watch part of it from behind that yeah. door over there last night because I was feeling kind of anxious and <laughs> I was like, I love... <laughs> The number I generally rewatch. I'm a rewatcher, right. and I think that's a hallmark of being a director. It totally is. It totally I, is. The number of times I could go all the I can. Right. There's movies I could do the whole movie for you right I, now. That is, it's so director because I'm yeah. And then lately, for my new relaxation, the past week has been Shit's Creek. I mean, yeah, it's, okay, it's great. It, mm-hmm. I, it's very. There's nothing stressful and about it. They make Moira, me Moira laugh. Oh You're my one God. of the family members. <laughs> Moira Rose is so amazing. Iconic. And she says she couldn't answer the phone one time because. <laughs> She just had her eyelids glued on, and she's like, "Everything is cloudy." <laughs> it's like my fa- I have a meme that I made. I'll send it to you. <laughs> I really, my favorite Myra is well. There's just so I can't remember what all of them are. Which like, there's simply things you cannot do. Like you can't smoke in a car with a baby unless the windows rolled down <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, then, unless you cracked a window. The season where they're like, offering the part, like she's getting offered the role and the crows don't have eyes. I, she, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she she gets an email, she's, it's like 40-something G4 says, she's like, I can do that. Like everything she does. Yeah, it's really, her audition for the, when she scats for her audition for the the female singers, yeah, yeah. it's really good with her egg shaker. When she really sings, oh my God. Why does she sing Oh Danny Boy? Is that a funeral or something? Yes. It's unbelievable. Yes. 
Yes. So yes, you're doing some yes. of that, and then um, yeah. And what about relaxing and taking care of self care? What self care look like these days? <laughs> uh, rewatching Sex in the City, yes, staying in bed. No, I don't um, stay in the be- bed. Do you have a pet? <laughs> in the bed. I don't stay in the do bed. Do I have a pet? No, I'd love to have a pet. I'm a very bad pet owner, so. How do you know until you've had one? Because she's had five. I've they're had all dead. <laughs> some, and it hasn't worked out. Literally. Oh yeah. no. Um, yeah. No, right now I'm not relaxation. It's very hard. I mean, it's like if I can have a drink with friends right now after the shower. Mm. I mean, I'm not trying to be like some martyred, like, I just always work, but. <laughs> I just always work. I would I have know. loved if you would have gone, I'm not trying to be some martyred, I just always work. It's just that I just always work. I just always work, it's, y'all. I mean, um, it's a lot to, it's it, the the producing of uh, avant-garde, like, tip of the arrow work. Right. Where you... Because here's, it's like, I, I've said it on this podcast right. a million and one times. Yep. I met with a huge producer who was yep. like, here we go. Money walks <laughs> in and art walks out. <laughs> and it's this thing of like, well, what is it? And what's its precedent? Right. What came before? What does it exactly look like? Right. So, so that we can have the same thing over again, you know, and know yeah. that our money is safe on a sure bet. Yeah. And so no, I think yeah. that that thing of like, not only is this content maybe going to be a challenge, but how I'm formally going to give it to you is going to be a challenge for some right. people. And then, yeah, it's a lot, right. it's a lot to find the infrastructure for that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, and you're yeah. living in this country. This is not a no, socialized. I, mean, I was going to say something earlier about MTUSA, like in a different country, they would be like a supported, really cool yep. Polish or Brazilian theater company. Cause yep. they're actually were up to such interesting stuff, but they didn't have a space like the Worcester group. Nope. So, and they, they can't, it can't stay, and it should have been. That was really they important re, they experimental work. Yeah, um, they were they were a company who it should, it and should they were, still be happening. would have gone all out, but yeah. you can't do it. Like You couldn't. It's too hard. Yeah. I mean, those of us that are scraped and still hanging on, it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um, what yeah. You, are you, I don't have do to you teach next date? semester, so that's like a Where have you vacation. been teaching? Uh, this semester, I'm just at NYU. Last year, I taught at Hunter, mm. MFA Playwriting, which I did love. Oh, great. Sarah Lawrence. Uh-huh. And, um, NYU. And, and NYU. <laughs> and we both did like a guest drop in at Yale. Oh yeah. Yeah. The guest drop in and at Yale. That's where I met Jeremy. Before oh, cool. he was like anything big and was like really like, the oh, most he's famous. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And then within fierce. a year was like, yeah. 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 Um, so what are you doing the rest of the day? I love a question like that. Oh my God. Me too. Those are my favorite details yeah. of like, those are the things life. you can actually know. I'm returning something to opening ceremony. Just don't let anyone I close to know that I even bought it in the first place. (laughs) Um, Then I have to go. I am nominated for an award. (gasps) I'm sure people here have been nominated for. I've been nominated for it before. An OB? No. This grant where you have to like submit. Yeah, it's that one in LA. Yep. Yeah. So I am going to pick oh. up one of my plays that got bounded at Kinko's. Uh huh. I've done that. I tried to go print my other work sample yesterday. It was going to cost me two hundred and thirty-eight dollars. Yep. So I'm going to go instead oh buy eighty dollars worth of ink and try to print it myself at home. Then oh, tomorrow go to Kinko's you, and get it bound. Is, and what is it that they $100. give you? hundred dollars. They give you a hundred dollars so to work on this. Print. No one Pam's been nominated at more than anything. Don't put this out till after I. 
they announce who comes. I have to release this this week, <laughs> Tina, because I'm promoting your play. This is coming out on Friday. I'm <laughs> so grateful <laughs> to be nominated. I don't know. Why can't they read a PDF? Tea, honey, tea. Yeah. The, the hard copy thing. Maybe they want to take notes on it. The hard copy thing, I also was like. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. To, is it? Is this a room? Are you studying that? That's amazing. But I mean, I've touched it a little tiny bit. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what should be in the box. I mean, like, I changed one of the characters' names. I remember. Well, and also, like, I touched all these copies. Enjoy. Like, you're going to get, like, some of my DNA sample as you yeah. read through this. I remember yeah. the same thing. Pam's been nominated for this a million times. Like, you I've know, been nominated I into this. I was big choreographer choreographer list in their bio that they as one of their credits that they've been nominated for this award six times and I was like that is such bad news that like wow. there's like validity to Pam Tanowitz is like one of the most famous yeah. choreographers right now has been nominated for that award numerous times and I think I have never did, just got it but, I um, hope you get it. They, yeah. it's, but the nom- you ha- you write out like, a, a lot of stuff, though. and then you send yeah. in hard. Material. They don't know how much it costs to print stuff. I mean, you know, that's... else in LA, it might be more cheaper there. Totally. One time, Harriet and I had an emergency situation where we had to get very high quality prints of these paintings we had mm-hmm. done for a presentation in Geneva, uh-huh. and <laughs> in a mass rush, like literally the day mm-hmm. before we flew to Geneva, Harriet went to some downtown printers and was like, "I need these printed." It was $650. <laughs> right. It's really but Literally for like 12 pieces of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They looked beautiful. Beautiful. And did the people in Geneva keep them and were able to have them No, this is out. what's amazing. They, they threatened to not give them back because they were not able to understand that they were not original paintings. We were like, <laughs> no, we have the original paintings. We could show them to you. These are prints. Right. That we like photoshopped into this presentation, and they're like, "We keep the original drawings." We're like, "Those are not original, and you have to give that back." <laughs> it was, it was six hundred dollars. Give that Literally, back it right took them now. Half a year, they did send it back. Oh, that's good. Go on. I'm what having else? coffee with Michael Breslin. <gasps> he's an we're, old friend. You know, we're like his parents. You know, he, I met him. He was an intern on that Ancient Lives. The like. Pump up the volume, which play? I loved. I loved the post. I loved his post. I know where it's really sweet. I was He's mom and you were really dad. Really smart. I know that yeah. was really like me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna go to the theater to do some stuff. And I really yeah. love the two of you as like Siskel and Ebert for plays. Oh I want God. you guys to go to plays Wait, together hilarious. and then just be filmed. I'm bad audience talking though. about it. It's so good. You guys are like it'd be really good. Also because you guys look like the old Jews. We have a lot of opinions. I think we have a lot to offer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We would definitely, I would definitely be like, I don't understand why when you had this much money, you couldn't have, you know. I mean, I always try to go in positive. But you also look great together. I do try to go in positive. You know what I mean? I feel like I do a set aside. I do a set aside prayer when I sit down (laughs) in the, in the, (laughs) in the, in a seat. Like, Goddess, please help me set aside my opinions of how theater should go while I sit here for the next 90 minutes. And then in the first two minutes, I was like, nope, nope, I can't do it. I knew it was going to be getting this way with a fade up. And I knew that there was going to be a mattress over there. And I knew she was going to throw herself down onto it when she said, I can't stand living in London anymore. Um, uh, yeah. No, I, I just, we did well together play. at the recent Brazilian, that really cool Chekhov thing. Uh-huh. But we've gone to some, I don't think he wants to sit next to me anymore because when I have snap then I just what happens snap. for you I'm just like oh sign fucking kidding me this and like I, I just like whisper have, really loudly and I of know. course know everyone around us and Jess is like Tina 
please. Everyone knows everyone around us. I was at a I, showing with Harriet yesterday, and it took all of my willpower to, like, not do so many things. I only turned around to her once to be like, look at that. Well, I also yeah. think of yeah, funny terrible. things to say, and I want to yeah, share yeah. them. <laughs> I, I'm a real, like, finger pusher, where I'll, like, take a finger, and I'll, like, right. stick it into the thigh of the person I'm next to yes. until I can feel their bone. And yeah. then I'm like, I've, I've done that. I yeah. can't even tell Emily you Emily Davis and I have a well-honed slight touch when we're uh-huh. at things where... I can also keep, weirdly, for how Betty Davis expresses my faces, <laughs> I can keep it at a fierce neutral if I'm seated close to the front oh, of the stage. It's very I can maintain, though. like, ice, ice baby. Right. Um, well, we just, you know, we have a... It comes out of our desire for having things go forward. Right. And I think it is... There are these real <laughs> positions of... You you say that this is experimental, yet I see it conservative. Right. There's been a lot. I've talked about this as well. The, the kind of conservative experimentalism I feel like I'm oh, relentlessly totally. seeing. That's really for the this quote unquote new work. I'm like, mm, yep. Okay. Well, like right. for like the mid aughts. Totally, and then not, unlike in visual art, there's so often not any lineage ever noted mm. in these mm. things. Right, uh, right, right. Theater, I really find That's interesting. That I mean, right. uh, Jess and others, we talk. It's like I I don't care. I know it. You taking that from there or that comes after. Mm-hmm. So does all of mine. But right. it's just so weird to sometimes not talk about that. It feels tied somehow to like this conservative experimentalism mm-hmm. to me a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. If we need to be well, they want to be like, look what I made. Look what I invented. Yeah. You're like, right. I didn't. Yeah. But no. That's not true. I mean, it's always back to Gypsy. You gotta get a gimmick if you wanna get ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, related to your thing about, like, the money versus, like, what's the actually... art. Yeah. Mm. Like, I used to always have this chip on my shoulder. I'm like, this show got so much money. You know what I mean? And why does it have to look this disgusting? Or, like... <laughs> Tea. <laughs> Absolutely. But now I also realize the system doesn't really allow for the details mm. or the beauty necessary. So it's like, I'm, I'm actually still processing this out of what... What is really resulting in what a lot of what we must see? Why does it have to look this disgusting? (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Oh, Tina, you're going to have to come back. I'd love to. You're going to have to come back. We'll have a real... um, I mean, I can. We'll do a Christmas. We'll go see a play at Christmas. Oh my god! Totally holiday show. We could go see a play. We'll see Radio City. (gasps) I could also take you to see. But you must see dance. I, I do, and I've like you know I've been close to Greg Zuccolo Uh over the years, and now Parker, and they've Uh been my real dance educate. You know what I mean? Telling me who, or not telling me, but like because I really didn't know much about dance at all. And have slowly they, they know. paid they attention know. to it a lot more. Yeah. Totally. We can go see dance, we can go see a play, and hopefully we'll like it. That would um, be really fun. Even better if we don't. <laughs> you do this every week? We yeah. do this wow. every week. We what have interviewed commitment. how many? Over 80 people. Over it's 80 people and have done hundred, uh, over 120 episodes. I've done over 120 episodes. It's we've been really doing incredible. It, we've been doing it every week since the summer of 2017. Um, I just want to, I was going to like ask about, yeah. I don't want to, we're going to say it for another time. I, okay. I'm looking forward to you and I hang out more. Sure. Because I feel like I've, that we've circled each other. Yeah. And I've been it's like, finally come this to free. Yeah, when's your birthday? June 19th. Oh, so far. Are you a Gemini? I'm a Gemini. I'm so Gemini. You are so Gemini. <laughs> and I am so Aquarius. Wait, you're Aquarius. Aquarius. What are you? Taurus and Reed is a Sag. 
Really? But most of my planets are in Scorpio. My rising you a ton seem of my real Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> 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 see, see. But my best friends are mostly Scorpio. It has a vibe. It's a vibe. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a vibe. Tina, that was so fun. You I can't so wait to have fun. you on again. Truly. I know, I know, I know. We loves you. And listeners, yeah. we loves you. And go see Is This a Room? Oh, you must. Let's extend it. Even I liked it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I mean, we have a great show for you on YouTube. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I yes. loved your re-recording of that commercial. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was, why did you re-record it? I re-recorded it listening to me now, doing the me original. Why. Because Jeremy's like, we should re-record this. And I was like, hi, well, just give me the earbuds. Let me listen to what I originally said. And I'll, do, I'll do it in tandem over Verbatim. myself. And then I just tried to start it. And then I was like, I got that was tired. so weird. But ladies and gentlemen, you should watch, watch our it. show. Uh, it's called The Dance Stuff Show. It's on YouTube. And we have, we have a special Halloween edition. It is a special and it has Halloween movie magic edition in it. It has it, costumes. It has costumes. It has me singing an audition song. You won't believe. You won't. It has uh, Reed talking about a haircut. You won't believe. And <laughs> you absolutely won't believe it. So watch it. It's on YouTube. We loves you. We loves you.